The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. My name is Linda House. I'm the Executive Vice President for External Affairs here at the Cancer Support Community, and today I am fortunate to fill in for Kim Tebaldo, who is the President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, and she will be joining us again next week. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at over 170 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Learning you have cancer can be shocking and traumatic. It also can cause endless concerns and insecurities. The biggest and most troublesome insecurity for most women and some men is often hair loss, a side effect of chemotherapy. Getting a nice wig can ease concerns, but often well-made wigs are costly and not covered by insurance. And many women who have completed chemotherapy have barely used wigs they can no longer use or need to use. Cue the Wig Exchange. The Wig Exchange is a Westchester, New York-based organization that provides women undergoing chemotherapy with high-quality wigs donated from other cancer survivors and their family members. They also offer very practical tips for managing the issues surrounding cancer-related hair loss. Our guests today are founders of the Wig Exchange, Sandy Sandberg, Kate Kahn, and Paul Kahn. Each of our founders have a very special connection with cancer that has helped them come up with the idea to create the Wig Exchange, and today they're going to share more about what this organization and the unique type of emotional and financial support it offers, not only to those embarking on their cancer and journey, but also those who have completed their treatment are looking for ways to pay it forward, so to speak. Thank you for joining us today, Sandy, Kate, and Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to get started with each of you just giving us a quick snapshot about you, the person. I know we're going to go into into depth about you and the organization and your connection there, but Sandy, start us off by telling us, who are you? Sure. My name is Sandy Sandberg, and I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, and I started an organization called Soul Riders, which is a local organization that provides and supports cancer-related programs, and the WIG Exchange sort of grew from you know, a combination of things, but um, under sort of the umbrella of the Soul Riders organization. Um, I also volunteer with a variety of other charitable organizations in addition to trying my best with my husband to raise our two teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Kate, how about you? And my name is Kate Kahn, and up until 10 years ago, about, uh, I had a career in sales and marketing. And now I'm a very happy uh, stay-at-home mom of two boys, Alex and Harry. And I'm very happy until about four years ago I received a breast cancer diagnosis and um, luckily made it through and really wanted to do something to pay it forward. So my husband and I joined with Sandy, and we created the Week Exchange. Great. Thank you. And Paul? Okay, thank you, Linda. Um, I'm Paul Conn. I'm married to Kate, as Kate just mentioned. Um, I was born in the UK, lived a lot of my life in Australia, and have been living in the US um, since 2000, 2001. Um, as Kate, Kate has mentioned, um, I'm the father of the two boys that we have together, Alex and Harry. Um, I have a financial services background. I've been working in financial services for just over 30 years um, in 
London, Sydney, and since January 2001 in New York. Great. Thank you. And again, welcome to the three of you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having, for having us. us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sandy, you shared a little bit about your personal background. So how about if you step back a little bit and talk about the background of the Wig Exchange and tell us exactly what does the Wig Exchange do? Sure. The Wig Exchange provides women undergoing chemotherapy with access to high-quality wigs, many of which are donated by cancer survivors. When wigs are donated, we have them professionally cleaned and reconditioned so they're completely hygienic and they look brand new. And then we loan them out to women who need wigs but might not be able to afford them. It's really a very meaningful way to recycle gently used wigs, and it's especially heartwarming when women who have finished their treatment donate their wigs to us because they want to pay it forward and help women who have just been diagnosed. Our client coordinators, who are all survivors themselves, and they are amazing, amazing women, they meet with the women who need wigs, and it takes place in a comfortable and confidential setting. And not only do our coordinators provide them with a choice of wigs and give our clients all the necessary supplies, but they also explain how to wear and care for the wig. They share practical tips about wearing a wig. For example, how do you keep it on on a windy day? You know, things like that. How do you wash it? Um, and they can help arrange pre-chemo haircuts and wig stylings, and they share information about local support services and just can answer all sorts of questions that women have about chemotherapy and the side effects and losing your hair. So in my mind, the client coordinators are really the key to the wig exchange. Um, women enter their homes as strangers, and they leave with hugs and sometimes even tears. It's just it's truly magical to watch the experience. That's great. Paul, um, t talk to us about how this all got started and what gave you the idea of making it an exchange. Uh, well, Sandy has um, talked about her extensive work in the community, and it really is um, extensive, and Kate has mentioned, and, and she'll talk about her diagnosis, so it's kind of really in, in that context, but it was really a, you know, a real perfect combination of events, if I can use that um, term. Kate really wanted to be um, through her treatment and really be done with her wig, and she... You know, she she wanted to do something. Um, Sandy had spent some time looking at solutions for women who needed wig, and um, she looked at wig funds and and some other solutions. You know, and I'd, I'd previously done some work with the National Kidney Registry, which kind of built on my um, knowledge and experience of working with exchanges around the world. It was really about you know matching. Um, people's needs with, with, with opportunities in, in, in the broader sense. And we all had an interest in just doing something to, um, to work on this pay-it-forward concept. Um, and we were inspired at the time by an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal about talismans, and one of the talismans was a wig, and this lady was you know, coordinating the passing of this wig from survivor to newly diagnosed. And it was at this time where we were talking and we just put our heads together and we thought there was some real value here and we decided to, to put our heads together and, and move forward. And, you know, we wrote a business plan, we called on a lot of friends and we took a very measured approach um, to this. But it's fair to say we, we really exceeded our initial um, expectations and there's still a lot more to do. Mm -hmm. And so did the three of you know each other ahead of time before you started the Wig Exchange or you found each other through this particular journey? Well, we kind of found each other. This is Kate. Um, we kind of found each other through, um, through unfortunately, my cancer diagnosis. I had um, I, Sandy and I were serving on a local uh, committee together, and so I got to know her well enough that when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I felt comfortable telling her about it. And it was because of her organization, Soul Writers, that I had known about for years before that that I felt comfortable reaching out to her at that time. Um, I thought maybe she could be able to help me out. What she did immediately was put me in touch with four or five recent survivors, and I had no idea what impact that would have made for me. Um, the conversations that I had with each of those women really helped me prepare mentally and emotionally for the months of treatment that I had ahead of me. Um, my family and friends were an immense source of comfort and strength for me, but there was no match for speaking. They were no match for speaking to someone who had been in the exact same situation. Um, 
It was incredibly helpful. So as the months went by and I was going through my treatment, Sandy and I kept in touch, and Sandy became a very good family friend. Uh, And then we began the many, many conversations, sometimes over a glass of wine or two, uh, about what kind of positive difference we could create. And that was really the very beginning of the WIG Exchange. And remind our listeners when, when that was. I was diagnosed in the spring of 2010 with breast cancer, uh, and then um, Sandy immediately helped me out, and it wasn't until probably the summer of 2011 that we really started the conversations in earnest. So in 2010 also, um, Kate was planning to do the two-day, 39-mile Avon Walk for Breast Cancer, which is um, one of the events that our organization does. We we have a team for it called Soul Riders. And I'll never forget the day that she came up to me after our committee meeting, and she said, can you believe this? Here I am planning to do the Avon Walk this year, and I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. And -hmm. then she said, but don't worry. It's just DCIS, you know, the don't feel sorry for me kind of cancer, so I will be fine and I will be walking with you. And so as it turned out, it was more than DCIS. In fact, the DCIS happened to be a blessing in disguise because it led them to finding the more advanced cancer. Um, So Kate wasn't able to do the walk, unfortunately, because of her treatment, Um, but in an amazing gesture of solidarity, her husband, Paul, who we now know here, um, literally stepped into her shoes and walked all 39 miles with us, um, which was just absolutely incredible. Um, And through this experience, I was so fortunate to get to know both Kate and Paul much better. Um, And at one point after Kate had finished her treatment, I mentioned that through our caring committee at Soul Riders, I had been receiving calls from women who needed wigs but couldn't afford them. And at the time, I was just doing, you know, a bit of a Band-Aid approach, starting small wig funds like Paul referred to and to try and help these women pay for their wigs. Um, And I knew it wasn't a long-term solution. And when I mentioned it to Kate and Paul... It turned out that they had been wondering what to do with Kate's wig. You know, they didn't want to see it in her closet anymore. Her kids didn't want to see it in her closet. And um, so we decided to sit down uh, over a nice bottle of wine, as as Kate mentioned, <laughs> and uh, and brainstorm the idea. And so with Paul's, you know, the help of Paul's knowledge about exchanges and the article that he shared from the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, we, we landed on this idea and decided to give it a try. That's great. And, and what was the what was the formal launch date? So we started, as Kate mentioned, that we started talking about the idea in the summer of 2011, and then we started sort of a soft launch at the end of 2011 because we needed to um, get wigs donated because in order to help anyone, we needed to have an inventory of, you know, we, we sort of figured we needed at least 30 to 50 wigs in order to be able to start to help people. And so we sort of, you know, mentioned it um, through various channels just to try and get some wigs donated. And then I think we helped our first client in January of 2012. That's right. That's great. That's great. And then just we have a, about a minute till till break, so just kind of give the audience a little bit of a teaser um, about, and I know this because I looked on your website, but about how many wigs have you distributed since 2012? Uh, we've distributed about 80 at this point, I, I believe. Uh, don't, yeah. 80, and that's yeah. out of an inventory of over 400 wigs. That's Phenomenal. amazing. Yeah, that's and amazing. our... Our initial, I'll never forget that first meeting with our initial expectations, and we said we would do 10, or Paul had suggested that we would help 10 women in the first year, and I got very nervous, and I said, ooh, that makes makes me nervous. 10 is a lot. How are 10 people going to find out about us? So, obviously, we've far exceeded that that number of 10 in the first year, so. Yeah, and hopefully we'll help you uh, distribute the rest of that 320 uh, quantity that you have after, after today's show. But we have to take a quick break. Today's show is sponsored in part by Lilly Oncology along with ASI, Genentech, and Amgen. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and we'll be right back with more after the break. Please stay tuned. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, 
The Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaides, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices. I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. about cancer. I'm Linda House, Executive Vice President for External Affairs at the Cancer Support Community, and I am filling in today for Kim Tebaldo, the President and CEO. Today, I am joined by Sandy Sandberg, Kate Kahn, and Paul Kahn of the Wig Exchange, an organization the three of them founded. This organization facilitates the donation of barely used wigs from women who have completed their treatment and are interested in paying it forward, in a sense, by donating their wigs to women who are currently undergoing chemotherapy. We've gotten some background in information from the organization, and now I want to talk a little bit more about the individuals behind the organization and really how this organization impacts each of you on a uh, personal level. And I know that each of you come from this or come at this from a different perspective. Kate, you indicated earlier that you are a breast cancer survivor. Paul, you are a caregiver. And Sandy, you are a nurse and longtime volunteer advocate and you know, leader of nonprofit organizations, particularly for individuals impacted by cancer. I was wondering if you could each just speak briefly about your backgrounds and how they really influence the work here at the uh, WIG Exchange, and I'll let you uh, decide who is interested in going first. Maybe maybe if I I go first just briefly, and then Sandy and and, and Kate, please... um, Follow on. I mean, look, we, we have very, very different backgrounds as we covered um, in the um, prior segment, and I think it's our different backgrounds that really help us to create something that is really quite unique. Um, I think the circumstances are also very, very um, relevant because if it hadn't been for Sandy and Kate meeting and Kate being diagnosed, the three of us would never have come together. Um, to to work on this endeavour. So, you know, a, a lot of it is very, very situational. Um, so I guess really that's just the, the, the background to to introduce. It's just really nice to know that, you know, through what is, uh, you know, a series of difficult um, circumstances, some real good has come from um, Kate's situation in, in, in particular. But... Sandy or Kate, would you add anything to that? Well, I mean, I, this is Kate, and I think that um, as far as what I bring to the Wig Exchange, as a, obviously as a breast cancer survivor, um, I knew exactly what was helpful to me um, 
in terms of support as I was going through treatments. So I think what I bring to the table for the Wig Exchange is a clear sense of what our clients need and how they want to be treated. For example, when we were designing the program in the early stages, um, because I could literally put myself in the shoes of our clients and think about myself trying on wigs, I was very clear that I wanted them to be cleaned by a professional salon and that our marketing materials made the hygienic aspect of that very clear. Um, And I also felt strongly that the meetings between the clients and the client coordinators be as much of a one-on-one experience as possible so that they felt confidential and comfortable. Um, And I think that 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 really, you know, set our our, our service offerings um, pretty much you know, in place. Um, But because everyone's different, the way they feel about their cancer treatment and their experience, um, every time I have a client meeting, I feel like I learn something new. Um, But bottom line, I know that as a survivor, it's just incredibly helpful and incredibly hopeful to see that others have walked this journey before. And I see it in the faces of the women coming into my front door. Um, they just look at me and they see that my hair's grown back and I look healthy and they full know what I've been through. And um, I can just see their shoulders drop as, as if the worry that they've been carrying has just immediately been made clearer. I'm sorry, made somewhat lighter. This is Sandy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my background is in healthcare. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, and while I've never worked in oncology per se, I sort of feel like once a nurse, always a nurse, and I feel like I'm happiest when I'm helping others. And one of the things that I really like to do is to identify unmet needs and then try and figure out creative ways to meet them or to solve them. And I also really enjoy, you know, when I practice as a nurse practitioner, I was part of a team, and I really enjoy collaborating And the WIG Exchange is just this amazing collaboration, not only with our own volunteers, but also with the local cancer-related organizations that Soul Rider supports and that we ended up um, partnering with for the WIG Exchange, and it's where we get most of our referrals from. And then we also collaborate with various professionals who have generously donated their time and services, you know, in an effort to help us achieve our goals. Kate and Paul, as, as um, a couple who has gone through this, this cancer journey, so and, and the cancer survivor aspect and the caregiver aspect, you know, what, is, what does this organization mean to you? I know, Kate, you touched on it a little bit, but Paul, maybe you can expound upon that just a bit. Well, I mean, look, it, it's, it's obviously very important to us. Um, Kate has already mentioned, and, and I can only echo how important it was um, for us when Sandy and her organization, a network of friends, neighbors, just the local community just came out to support us um, when Kate was going through her treatment. I mean, it's a huge impact, as you and your listeners will know. Um, When you're diagnosed and you need all the help you can get when you go through that particular period. So for us, the WIG Exchange, it's important. It's born out of this desire to partner with Sandy you know, and to give something back as a way of thanking the many people, family, friends, colleagues, who helped us during a really difficult time. So it just seemed like a natural thing to do, and it's been really, really rewarding to see this idea take shape and, and grow. And we've really met some truly remarkable people as a result of this work. Kate, anything you'd like to add to that? I think Paul said it absolutely spot on. I think that this organization has been such a labor of love for both of us um, and has been so um, so important as I move forward in my survivorship. Great. Thank you. And then as you think about, about uh, your experience, you know, what advice would you give to others who come to you through the WIG Exchange? And what advice would you give our listeners as they're just beginning their cancer journey? Um, as I, you know, I think as I keep mentioning um, uh, that the sooner you reach out for support that's just waiting for you, uh, the sooner your anxiety will lessen. I mean, people that have been through it have such a learning, you know, cancer treatment uh, and, and cancer patients that, 
uh, approach their cancer treatment have such a steep learning curve. And I feel like once they've reached it, they really want to turn back and they really want to help other people. So I would suggest that to reach out as soon as possible um, and the anxiety will lessen. Um, as I talk to the women coming in our doors or, or calling um, and looking for a wig, I can hear their anxiety in their in their voices, and it's not just anyone. I even had a, a client, um, a doctor with stage 3 breast cancer. Um, she actually admitted to me that as being a doctor, she almost knew too much. Um, her anxiety was so high at the beginning of our conversation, but by the end we almost had a laugh about the grueling treatments that she had ahead of her. Um, it's just such a sisterhood, and I, I, I really hope that people um, believe in that and reach out um, because it helps reduce anxiety. You need the support, but practically speaking, it also could mean great information about doctors, hospitals, treatments, and as well as products that just help your treatment phase go a lot easier. Uh, so it's, it's very important, I would say, that you need to do that. And you also, on a very practical on a very practical note, I would say you really have to put yourself first when you're diagnosed with cancer, and you're probably going to do that for the first time in your life. Um, you need to know to take care of yourself and let other people take care of you um, and look for ways to find peace and calm in whatever way that works for you. I would say that's like the most important thing. Thank you for that. And I know that's sometimes the hardest thing to do is to, to ask for help and to allow yourself the, the space that you need to heal. Yes. And Paul, um, talk to us a little bit about caregivers. You've been in that role. What tips would you have for for caregivers as they are in, moving into this journey or beyond the journey? It's a good question, and you know it, it's difficult to ask because it's such a personal um, experience. And in our situation, we were very, very lucky, truly lucky, to have so many good people around us. You know, friends, neighbors, colleagues. Um, so many people wanted to help us, and we were truly blessed in that situation. I think the hardest thing, to be honest with you, is just letting go and allowing people to help you. Um, Kate and I are fiercely self-reliant people, so the hardest thing was just really to acknowledge that we needed some help. And you know, that, that's, that's the big psychological thing is allow people into your lives and, and, and let them help you because it's what they want to do. Um, at, at a very practical level, you know, there are a few things that I would say are important. Um, don't feel that you need to respond to every person's request to ask how your spouse or partner or, or, or child is. People are truly interested in knowing and they truly care. But I think you just have to turn the tables around. And what we did was we compiled a large um, email list and it had family, colleagues, friends, and just all of the people that were inquiring and once a week I would send out an update and I would write to them as if I was writing to my family. I wasn't you know, tailoring the message for different audiences. Everything came straight from the heart. Everyone heard the same message at one time. And the most important thing is you reduce so much stress when you do that because people know to wait next week they'll get another email. So that was just a very simple practical thing. Um, two other things I think are, are, are important. We used a um, service on the internet called Lots of Helping Hands. Um, once you get over the fear of you know, asking for help and accepting that it's going to come, um, you very quickly need to get organized to say, okay, well, this is what we need. And Lots of Helping Hands is a website that's you know, truly helpful for coordinating the efforts of a, of a large group of people who themselves don't know that each other wants to help you. So that was a great resource for us. Um, you really do need a couple of buddies. Um, and in this case, I worked very closely with a couple of Kate's girlfriends to kind of coordinate what we really needed and to help kind of get the message out more broadly. And I guess that's a, 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 a second tip. But most important thing is just psychologically, you need to just let go and let people help. And then it's all about the organizational discipline behind it. And there are lots of good people out there. We, we um, you can always be more organized, but there are lots of great organized people out there, and they, they really helped us tremendously. So, Sandy, let me, let me throw the last question to you before we move to a break. You know, based on your past experience, which is running a, a number of nonprofits as well as your healthcare experience, what, what really sets the WIG exchange apart from what you've done before? 
Well, back in 2000, I had had a friend who had breast cancer, and like anyone else, you know, in this situation, I wanted to do something tangible to help. And so I had learned about uh, the Avon Walk for Breast Cancer, which was a 60-mile walk at the time, and I immediately registered. Um, And I had a heart condition at the time, and when I went to get clearance from my cardiologist, he sort of laughed and said, you shouldn't even be walking one mile, nonetheless 60 miles. So I wasn't able to walk, um, but I did go to the finish line with my friend and was so moved by the closing ceremony that I promised myself that someday I would do the walk. Uh, So fast forward to 2006, uh, my friend sadly lost her battle in February, and then another friend was diagnosed in March, and I had had open heart surgery in 2005. So I sort of took all these things as a sign that I should make good on my promise um, and do the walk, which at that point had changed to a 39-mile walk. So after having such a positive experience that first year, I decided to start a walk team from our local community in Rye, New York for the 2007 walk. Um, and, and at that point, so we had 35 walkers on our team and we raised over $100,000, which was pretty amazing for us, you know, with the first effort. Um, and then, so initially this all just started as a walk and doing a walk, but then uh, there was a soul writer, teammate of ours, Lynn Halpern, um, and I, who who... She told me about a, a woman in our community who was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, and we were both alarmed that we really didn't know anything about this particular kind of cancer, which has a very poor prognosis. So we invited a prominent breast radiologist to come speak to our community, and it was such a successful event that it sort of led the two of us to think about other ways that soul writers could you know, help our community by raising awareness and bringing in educational speakers. And at that point, we also started our caring committee and our survivor crew, and we created our own charitable entity. So this has all, you know, grown, again, according to sort of the needs that we were recognizing in the community. And then the WIG exchange, as you've heard, you know, grew as an offshoot from, you know, all these different things coming together between Kate, Paul, and myself. And so, again, if I if I had actually tried to create the wig exchange or plan this path, it never would have worked. It just all, as Kate and Paul have have mentioned, it all came together really so organically. So we um, and we also award grants, as I mentioned, to these specific local cancer-related programs, and they have become such great partners for us um, with the wig exchange. That's great. Thank you. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by Celgene, Lilly Oncology, and Onyx. We have to take another commercial break, but we will be back right after the break with more about the wig exchange. Please stay tuned. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. 
Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Linda House, Executive Vice President of the Cancer Support Community, standing in today for Kim Tebaldo, the President and CEO, who will be back with you next week. Today we are talking about the support organization called the Wig Exchange. And so far we've discussed how our guests all got started um, with the Wig Exchange, how each of your experiences make you has made you really uniquely qualified to run this type of organization. And let's focus a little bit more into the services that you offer. Um, Sandy, just a couple of I'm gonna roll a couple of questions into um, into one here, but if you could talk about um, just the organization in general, what makes this organization unique, and then go into a little bit about the WIGs. How many do you have? I know we've touched on that earlier in segment one, but I'd like for you to repeat that in case someone um, missed that. And can anyone donate um, a WIG from any location, and, and how does one go about getting the WIGs? Just a little bit of an overview would be helpful. Sure, sure. We've been so fortunate. We've received over 500 WIGs that have been donated to us from almost every state in the country. In fact, just last week, we received our first WIG from Alaska. Um, we have around 300 of those wigs in our active inventory, meaning that they've been professionally cleaned and reconditioned and are ready to loan out. Um, and, yes, anyone can donate a wig from any location. They can email or call us, and then we'll share the shipping instructions with them. We request that the wigs are either brand new or gently used. Um, we purchase a variety of supplies for our, our clients. So, for example, wig shampoo, wig conditioner, double-sided tape. We have wig stands, wig brushes. So we aren't in need of any of you know donations of those items. So it's really just wigs, and again, um, either new or gently used ones. And um, as for the client, uh, as for those who can receive wigs from us, we really prefer for our clients to be within driving distance, because if we, as we talked about earlier. Um, the meeting with the client coordinator is really the key to our program, and again, it's really where the magic happens. So we, you know, all things considered, and people have driven literally from as far as two hours away to come to meet with one of our coordinators. Um, you know, there have been special situations where we've sent wigs to women in need, but again, if possible, we prefer to meet with them in person for the one-on-one opportunity. Okay. Great. And then... Um... You've got wigs that have been with people through very challenging times. You know, so do you have stories that are, I'm sure there are stories attached to the wigs, um, and, and, and how do you make sure that those stories get passed along with the wigs? Um, yes, I'll, I'll share one story that I'll never forget receiving a call from this young woman whose best friend had just lost her battle with leukemia. And when the best friend was diagnosed, uh, she was really concerned about losing her hair. Um, and so all of her friends, they were in their early 20s, just out of college. They used their money from their new jobs, and they chipped in to buy her this beautiful $3,600 human hair wig. And she wore the wig really proudly and, and really liked it, but sadly it became clear that she wasn't going to survive her illness. And she was so upset at the thought of her friend's hard-earned money going to waste. And so one of her last wishes was that she wanted to make sure that her friends could would find somebody to give the wig to, you know, who could benefit from it. 
So this young woman, after speaking to her on the phone, she traveled two hours to bring the wig to us because she really wanted, she felt like she was fulfilling her last wish and she really wanted to meet us and know where this wig was going. And she brought pictures of her friend and shared stories. And this was another one of those visits that, you know, she walked in as a stranger and it ended in hugs and tears. And so this particular wig was very special to us. And about six months after receiving it, um, I got a call from a school counselor who had a 15-year-old student of theirs um, who had leukemia, and her family's resources were completely depleted by their medical bills, and uh, she couldn't afford a wig. And on the days that she was well enough to go to school, she wouldn't go to school because she was understandably very self-conscious about her appearance. So I asked for the school counselor to email a picture, and I'll never forget, I was actually in the grocery store when I got the picture on my phone, and I literally had the chills because her hair was exactly the same hair as this young woman who had, um, you know, whose best friend had passed along her wig. So now this 15-year-old girl has this gorgeous human hair wig and is able to go to school feeling confident, you know, about her appearance. So we typically don't share the stories um, about the background of the wig to people who get it. Occasionally, um, again, in special situations we might, but in general we try to keep that information sort of between our our volunteers. Mm -hmm. That's a really moving, moving story. Do you ever share the stories back with the donor or, in this case, the friend? In in this case, I did, and when I say we normally don't, but in special situations, I knew how happy it would make this this friend, and so yeah. I called her, and she literally started crying on the phone, and she said, I've had the hardest week, and you just made my entire week. She was just so happy to hear that it had found a good home, and um, we have a wig stylist who has gone up and, and styled this wig several times for this 15-year-old girl, and she gives her a little makeover every time she goes to visit her, oh. and so it's really been an extremely heartwarming yeah. situation. Oh. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Kate, your organization offers more than just wigs. Can you talk to us a little bit about what else you try to do uh, with the wig exchange and the end um, in service to the participants? Oh, absolutely. I think we've touched on it a little bit. Um, of course, we provide the wig that they choose. Um, we have on our website. We've got our wigs posted, so clients can either look at our wigs online or they can send us a picture over email. We'll choose a few um, options for them. Um, as Sandy said, we give them wig supplies and care instructions. But really, I think, you know, when we talk about the magic of what we do, um, the wig is really just the beginning. Um, we spoke about a little bit about the emotional support that we give our clients just by showing them physically what the client coordinators look like that they've been through their cancer journey. Um, but we also uh, offer them a packet, uh, our clients, a packet of information that we hope they might use during their treatments. And it could be anything like um, the YMCA Live Strong program and information about local YMCAs that offer that. Um, we have a brochure from Gilda's Club in our packet that, um, as, as you well know, uh, the Gilda's, Gilda's Club offers offers an amazing array of support opportunities, programs, groups. Um, there's a brochure from the Cancer Support Team, which is an organization of trained nurses here in uh, Westchester County, New York. Uh, these nurses assist cancer patients in navigating their treatments, and they have an amazing bedside manner. In fact, um, recently we sent our client coordinators over to the Cancer Support Team offices so that they could receive some training in how to talk to people that have been newly diagnosed. Um, we just wanted to be able to take uh, to pick their brains and find out what kind of things that we could make our our jobs a lot better. Um, we also offer our clients product resources. There's one called Hip Hats for Hair out of Florida, which um, it offers halo wigs, if you will, which is a partial wig you wear underneath a hat, and it's made out of your very own hair. So we give you instructions of how you have to cut your hair, send it down to Florida, and they'll make a halo wig for you, and you can go about your day um, while you're in chemo, and no one would ever know you, you know, you even lost your hair. So we, we really try to to um, co collect numbers of resources just to make, you know, the lives of these women a little bit easier for the next few months of their treatment. Um, I'm thinking of other things we do. We have a, a group called Head Covers that we can, you know, we tell them how they can get the soft cotton hats. We also have a local group of women here in Rye that are knitting caps 
other beautiful that we'll offer our our clients that come by. Um, you know, and a very important element of the meeting between the client coordinator and the newly diagnosed woman is just a simple conversation about anything they want to know about the treatment that they're about to um, go under. And so it could be any questions about radiation, you know, eating, anything. You know, sometimes the littlest things become the most valuable. And, Paul, I'm going to go to you. We've got about 30 seconds left. Could you just quickly tell us your role with the WIG Exchange? Uh, I have a um, kind of behind-the-scenes role. Um, I work with Sandy and Kate and the other volunteers just looking at how we can, you know, expand the program, operate more effectively, um, so very low-key and behind-the-scenes, but, but quite active nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. And this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's show is sponsored in part by AstraZeneca, Millennium, the Takeda Oncology Company, and Purdue Pharma. We will be right back after the break. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices. I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you a breakaway from cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. You are listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Today's show is sponsored in part by McKesson's Giving Comfort Program, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and Morphotech. My name is Linda House. I am the Executive Vice President for the Cancer Support Community, standing in today for Kim Tebaldo, who will be with you next week. And we are just wrapping up today's show with the co-founders of the Wig Exchange. So, Paul, I am going to start this segment with you. Can you just speak to your locations? Right now, you're based near Westchester, New York. Are there any plans to set up more exchanges? 
Uh, thank you for that question. Look, we, we do have a desire to expand the locations in which we operate. As Sandy mentioned in one of the earlier segments, we've taken in wigs from all around the country. Um, we've actually accepted a few wigs from overseas. We've sent them um, to many you know, different people. So whilst most of it is intensely local, and 90% of what we do, we do is local, and we think the model works best when it's replicated with this local community um, feel, you know, we, we, we do engage with people far and wide. But as for replicating, absolutely, we'd love to replicate the, the, the model into other communities. We sat down, you know, two and a half years ago and, and, and really thought this through when we started operating in our kind of wildest dreams. We said, oh, well, we might be able to set up other wig exchange in, in other locations. And it's interesting now. We're kind of on the cusp of being able to expand. Um, there's obviously a, a lot of work to do, so it's not something which we are um, just going to do um, glibly. But, yeah, we, we certainly have a desire to extend into, um, into other locations. We need, obviously, quite a lot of resources and planning to do that effectively. But... Yeah, the desire is there. Well, and what you're doing to help people is certainly inspiring. And Sandy, maybe you could just speak to: Are there other ways that um, others can get involved with the wig sure. exchange? Sure. Thank you for asking that. Um, yes, I mean, as um, charitable organizations can obviously always benefit from financial support, um, but as a wig exchange, um, the best thing that we can get is uh, wig donations. The, the, the more wigs that we have in our inventory, the more women that we're able to help. You know, there are just so many different colors and styles and hair lengths, and we really like to give our clients at least a few different choices. So, um, also, if we receive more wigs than we need in a certain color or style, what we've been doing is saving them because, as Paul just talked about, we are planning to replicate this in other communities, and this way we will have some wigs that we can give to the new wig exchanges, and so that, that will help them with their initial inventory. Earlier I had mentioned that we did a soft launch, and we sort of felt strongly about having 30 to 50 wigs in our inventory before launching. So our thought is the more wigs that we have donated, we will keep them and then pass them on to you know future wig exchanges. Um, sorry. No, go ahead, Sandy. Um, no, so and beyond, you know, financial contributions and high-quality wigs, you know, people with a wide range of skills have really stepped up to help us in establishing and running the wig exchange, and we are forever grateful to them. Um, they've offered things such as wig cleanings and hair, you know, services and graphic design, PR, printing, legal advice, you name it, people have been there to help us. And um, we also had a very generous sponsor, Tompkins Financial Advisors, who made a donation which helped underwrite our startup costs. And I think when that came through, Paul, Kate, and I sort of looked at each other and said, all right, here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is really happening. So, you know, all these people have played key roles, and, um, you know, we'd really never be where we are today without, without their help. And but I know that they're um, incredibly generous. Yes, yeah, totally yes. I, I know that I had touched on this earlier, but I really want to recognize our client coordinators again because they are really giving back in the most meaningful way by helping women, you know, who are sadly following in their footsteps. And our client co coordinators are just, they're beautiful, they're healthy, they're strong women, and they really, really inspire those who come and meet with them. So, oh, thanks. Hats off to those, to those individuals and thank, thank them for, us for the work that they're doing. Kate, just a quick question. If someone listening today would like to set up their own branch of the Wig Exchange, what advice would you have for them? Well, actually, we have received emails from women all over the country um, and some very recent survivors who've, ex who've um, expressed an interest in setting up Wig Exchanges in their local area. Uh, it took us about six months to get ours up and going, so we certainly know what it takes, but we would love to see the Wig Exchange grow community by community. So right now we are working on a uh, operations manual of sorts for organization, and we are interested in working with others who they, who share our same mission. Uh, and I, what I would say to them is, you know, clearly they need to take it slowly. You know, make sure you know what your clients need in your local area. Identify basics like where are you going to keep the wig, where would you meet with your clients, uh, find partners, as Sandy said, like hair salons, funding sources so that you can purchase supplies and marketing materials, and, of course, a source of volunteers. Um, and then, very importantly, you need to develop community relationships with local cancer support services, 
hospitals and oncologists because those are the people who will be sending you um, the women that are going to need the wigs. Great. Thank you. And then ultimately, Paul, where would you like to see the wig exchange go? What would be the, what would be the ultimate win for you? Oh, I mean, just helping people is a win, I see. So each person that comes through that we can help is a win. But taking your question on its face value, where would we ultimately like to... Look, we'd like to extend the WIG exchange into other communities and into other major locations. So I guess if you talk about ultimate, you know, there's no reason why it couldn't be a national but still a very niche and very focused um, organization. It will take a lot of hard work, a huge amount of coordination and resources and, and, and planning to do that. And, you know, we're not able to do that overnight, but step by step as we've grown from really just a blank sheet of paper and a bottle of wine, um, we think we can, you know, e extend this further. So it's really about the time horizon that, that we apply. So when you talk about ultimately, yeah, we'd like to see wig exchanges in and major cities around the country. Great. Sandy, would you add anything to that? Um, no, I just, um, I, you know, the specific places that have um, expressed interest uh, in starting wig exchanges, San Francisco, uh, Salt Lake City, there's a woman in Florida who's reached out, um, New Haven. So there's lots of, you know, Lots of potential, and we are working very hard on this replication manual and really want to make sure that, um, you know, it's, it's a very helpful step-by-step -step manual so that, because there's just so many details, which is probably why it's taking us so long to finish this manual, but it'll be well worth our time because, as Paul said, we really do hope, you know, to, to grow the wig exchange community by community. Great. Thank you. And Kate, I'm going to give you the final word. We have just about a minute before we have to close. What, um, what, what other final thoughts do you have or advice that you would like to leave um, with our listeners today? Um, well, I think we've, we've definitely touched on a lot with the wig exchange, so I'll kind of step back and just kind of, you know, contemplate that, you know, cancer is a disease that takes way too many people. But it's also a disease that has so many survivors. Um, and from what I've seen, it's the only disease that I know of that inspires so many people to reach out, sometimes even when they're undergoing treatment for, to help others. And, um, you know, cancer changes your life and in some, some ways for the better. So my advice would be that if you've been recently diagnosed with cancer, um, beyond the other practical things we've talked about, that you, you really do step back and look deep within yourself and create a new life that will make a positive impact for you and for the lives of others. Great. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our listeners today. I would like to especially thank our guests today, Sandy Sandberg, Kate Kahn, and Paul Kahn for being on our show today and telling us more about the WIG Exchange, which is a unique, one-of-a-kind support organization. It offers WIGs to patients who are facing a cancer diagnosis. For more information about the WIG Exchange and also to learn how to get involved, please visit their web website at www.thewigexchange.com exchange.org. Again, www.thewigexchange.org. Thank you for joining us today for Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Linda House, the Executive Vice President for External Affairs for the Cancer Support Community, filling in again today for Kim Tebaldo, our President and CEO, who will be back with you next week. The Cancer Support Community provides a multitude of in-person, online, and telephonic support. If you or someone you know is faced with a cancer diagnosis, you do not have to do it alone. For more information about our programs, please visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org to find a location near you or call our toll-free helpline at 1-888-793-9355 to speak with one of our licensed mental health professionals. The helpline is available Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Until the next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.